0: Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. This is Hallis Intrigue. Jason, coming up, we will talk about what Ryan Pohl said Thursday at Hallis Hall about his trade and all of his new free agent acquisitions, and we'll take a look at where the Bears stand now. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue.
1: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird
0: registration at wbez.org events. Jason, we are sitting at Hallis Hall after a delightful couple of weeks not having to sit at Hallis Hall. Ryan Poles has just spoken and explained his thought process on the draft and free agency to this point. More than anything, though, he he tried to explain his thought process behind the trade. And trading the number one pick for four picks in DJ Moore.
1: Patrick, the reception for this trade has been overwhelmingly positive and the Bears fans and the Bears themselves are very happy with the overall haul. So these are not complaints, but these are some questions that everyone has been wanting to know Mm -hmm. from Ryan Poles. I'm going to lay them out there for you, and you give us the answers that we got today. Why trade all the way back to nine? Everyone was kind of hoping it would be more like four, trade with the Colts. You can still get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. That was at a very different time for Jalen Carter. That <laughs> was
0: sixteen whole days ago. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> uh, why all the way back to nine? And what is the actual cost in terms of talent for that? And why make this trade now rather than let the bidding war continue to build?
0: the The shorthand, or the short answer for both of your questions, is DJ Moore. Uh, Ryan Poles like the idea of getting more. He wanted to get him before the start of free agency so the Bears knew what they had in their hand. And he was also afraid that Scott Fitterer, the Panthers GM, would change his mind. He said, you know, when, when you're trading a veteran player, sometimes you can kind of talk yourself out of it as time goes on. So he wanted to strike while the iron is hot. Now, what does it mean for their draft situation? It's not good, Jason. I mean, he said that they've got about seven guys they think are worthy um, or the most worthy in the draft, and they're picking ninth. Uh, Those seven picks, he said, include all four quarterbacks. So realistically, there are three guys in their upper tier that they would draft because they're not taking a quarterback, and they're picking ninth. I don't think any of those three guys are going to get there.
1: Yeah, and that's problematic for the Bears because this is a team that needs stars. There are no stars here, really.
0: No. No. And then, I mean, who,
1: who's their best player right now, regardless of position? Who is the best player? Who is the closest to making a Pro Bowl on the roster right now?
0: Jalen Johnson. Although I, I wonder, some, right. although I wonder sometimes how much they like Jalen, Jalen yeah. Johnson. I mean, it's some—it's a very short list that's got Jalen Johnson on it. Maybe Cole Komet if he keeps getting better. I mean, probably Justin Fields is the—you know—if if I had to bet my own money, probably bet on Justin Fields just because you can see the upside there. But I mean, DJ Moore might be one of the best five players on their team already, Yeah. and he's and he's fine. He's a good receiver. He is not an up. He is not a, a best of the best uh, tier.
1: They needed to bring in a wide receiver better than Claypool and Mooney, which they did, and they did, but barely. Right. So my my thing when looking at this is you need. Potential all-pro Hall of Fame level stars. Not a whole team of that. That's sure. impossible. Sure. Although the Eagles were pretty close last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, but you need some of those guys. If your team is just a bunch of guys that are pretty good, mm-hmm. then you're probably just going to be pretty good. You need a few game changers on there. You need a Miles Garrett-type guy. Right. The way for them to get that mm-hmm. was going to be drafting in the top four. Right. Getting... Maybe Jalen Carter. I don't even know will what, Anderson, really, will, will what to make of Jalen Carter right now, but right. surely Will Anderson. Right. Um, I'm guessing that uh, the two Clemson guys, uh, the defensive tackle and the defensive end, Murphy and Brissy, are part of those six or seven that Poles is imagining as game changers that probably won't be there for them. Where is this team going to get some stars, some players that will put them over the top? Some player, There is nobody on the team right now that an opposing offensive or defensive coordinator loses sleepover.
0: Where are they going to get those guys? Probably not this offseason. I mean, when you look at free agency and what they have yet to do, they've kept their powder dry. You know, they had a chance to go get Orlando Brown. They didn't think he was the right scheme fit. That was well, what
1: Pulse said. And when, Pulse has a lot of background on him that maybe he's not sharing with us. Yeah,
0: he knows him better than, uh, than anybody else, probably, or than a lot of GMs do. And maybe it's just safer to say it's not a scheme fit, although it is fair to say that in the Bears outside zone offense, you need to be really athletic.
1: Yeah, and he's an enormous, like, more traditional left tackle.
0: Right. You look at Mike McGlinchey, the Bears didn't want to pay what Mike McGlinchey got. Um, You know, they didn't want to swim in those depths, and because of it, uh, you know, the list of their five best players, the list of their ten best players, you know, maybe has added two or three names, depending on, you know, what T.J. Edwards can do. I think Tremaine Edmonds can be pretty good. That's another scheme fit. Answer that. That polls gave it's you know why pay him and not Roquan? Right. And he essentially said he's big and long and can do things in coverage, and we think the production will follow.
1: And they are paying him less than what Roquan mm-hmm. wanted and got from the Ravens. By the way, you hinted at this, Patrick, uh, about, and and Ryan Polls was very clear about this, uh, about protecting the next opportunity. Yep. And he has done that very well. Right. Because what we looked at in his first calendar year on the job was. A a necessary total teardown, clearing out contracts that were problematic for where the team stood at the time. Khalil Mack is worth every penny. Sure. But it didn't make sense for them with where they were at overall. So you've got to do all that to then set up this great opportunity in 2023. Mm -hmm. He has now gone out and made the team better.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not sure how much better. We're going to find out if... They're better enough to compete for a playoff spot to win 10 or 11 games or something like that. But he has made them better. And their opportunity for 2024 looks almost as good, honestly, between the draft capital that they got by adding an extra first-round pick from Carolina and the way that they have protected their money going forward. They are right now looking uh, at, at over the cap. They are right now, as of today set to have the sixth most cap space in 2024. That's obviously going to change a lot when they start doing contract extensions and other things like that. But the point is they're in really good shape financially and draft-wise in 2024 to keep building. They have not gone all in on this. They have gotten better without compromising their next opportunity. I I
0: think part of the reason they haven't gone in is is you look at the premier positions in the NFL. Quarterback, left tackle, uh, edge rusher, Corner. Corner wide receiver. There weren't a lot of very good players at any of those positions available via via free agency. And, and I think you heard Paul's hint at it today, which is he went and got the best player at linebacker, in his opinion, and maybe the best player at weak side linebacker as well. And you don't have to pay as much of a premium on those guys because, you know, he would rather pay Tremaine Edmonds than. Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey is probably the twelfth best right tackle in football, but in free agency, you're paying him as one or two.
1: Yeah. Uh, or Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. for example, whether what you would overpay to so, get him. So you
0: ask whether they're going to get stars. I, they're not going to get stars at premium positions, and at number nine, I mean, that's I think that's pretty obvious. Can they get a really good right tackle? Whether that's you know Broderick Jones at Georgia, who I talked to yesterday, Peter Skaransky at, at Northwestern. Uh, whether that's the kid at Ohio State who they'll go see in a couple weeks. Can they get, I mean, would they look at running back? B. Sean Robinson's better at what he does than almost anybody, you know, uh, in the draft. You know, would they dare, you know, use a pick that high on a running back? Probably not, I would think, because, you know, uh, I think the Chiefs, at least traditionally, have not invested heavily in that position. But, you know, the Bears, I think, are going to be looking at maybe adding one or two quote-unquote stars in the draft, but probably not at a position that moves the needle.
1: I'm glad you brought up offensive line because that is going to be an interesting situation to watch. Matt Eberflus said just a few weeks ago that all five jobs were open mm-hmm. and that, in his words, they were pretty much where they were a year ago, mm-hmm. looking at needing an entire offensive line uh, and not being certain about which spots were locked down. right. Ryan Poles addressed that today. Nate Davis is obviously going to be a starter for them at guard, but he's very much open to the idea of playing him at left guard right. which and, and keeping Cody Whitehair but moving him to center, which is what he played originally for the Bears. Um, as far as Braxton Jones, he's an interesting guy to watch too because in a way Braxton Jones is this great success story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Late round pick, southern Utah immediately just charges up the depth chart, takes over the left tackle spot, great. Would he have done that on any of the other 31 teams? Right. Mm, I don't know. That's a great story for the Bears, given where they were. They are holding themselves to a higher standard going forward as we are holding them to a higher standard going forward. And Ryan Pohl said, he's our left tackle for now. Mm -hmm. I don't remember his exact phrasing, but it was some, I think he said, he's our left tackle now. Right. And if we create competition at that position, probably by drafting someone like you're talking about, uh, Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern. Maybe Braxton Jones is moving to the right side or, right. or who knows what. They are not locked in to that. What it sounded like to me, they're locked in on Davis, probably at left guard, and Whitehair at center. The other three spots are still up for debate. Right. And, Pat, you can find starting offensive linemen with those next three picks they have. Absolutely. Those picks 53 to 64, whatever right. it is. You're not going to find, like, you know, a, a star wide receiver or something like that. You're not going to be our star pass rusher at that point. You can find immediate starting offensive linemen that, uh, at that point in the draft, though.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you can find receivers maybe. That I think historically second-round receivers are as good as first-round receivers. You know, Cooper, Cup. you know, all the way down the yeah. list. You wonder whether that's changed now that that's become kind of an obvious trend. Uh, I think last year you saw receivers maybe maybe people reached a little bit earlier than they did. But even like George Pickens from the Steelers, second-round pick. Yeah. Last year, he turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, I, I think the headline from what you just said is they're not cutting Cody Whitehair today.
1: I, I would say it's it's like neck and neck between that and Braxton Jones is not the starting left tackle permanently.
0: Yeah, written, yeah, written in ink. And, and I wonder, you know, with Cody, you know, first of all, the cash floor, you know, they need to spend cash on these players And uh, to to reach a certain floor. In that sense, cutting Cody doesn't make sense right now. We have been there, and um, uh, Charles Leno comes to mind, where a veteran is your starter until draft day, and then he's not your starter anymore. And I wonder whether saying we're moving Cody to center, I'm good with that. I think that's a, you know, I I think he's better than Lucas Patrick. But you wonder if they do end up with an O-lineman or two on the first two days of the draft, does that change the calculus there too?
1: Yeah, I think a lot is left to be determined, but he he had the opportunity to once again commit to Braxton Jones and didn't. And I think, I think he's being very clear-eyed about it. Mm-hmm. And that's really necessary, Pat, because sure. you could understand any GM being overly attached to a player like that, that they feel like, I found this guy. I found this guy at Southern Utah, Patrick. I turned him into a starting left tackle in the NFL, even though that was only, you know, a Bears starting left tackle in 2022. Like, you could understand being overly attached to a guy like that and unwilling to accept and analyze it with clear eyes and say, well, we need to be better. And maybe we can draft someone Maybe Braxton Jones can play better. Sure. But maybe we can just draft someone that's better and takes over that
0: spot. Well, I think that applies to almost every position on this team. Like you say, when you sit there and go, where are the stars? How many guys are unimpeachable right now? Like four, five, maybe? I mean, they need to be drafting people with the intent of challenging them. Um, that's what good teams do. Yeah. And they haven't been one. I, I want to talk about Jalen Carter real quick. Uh, you know, he, he came up earlier, obviously charged with two misdemeanors. He settled them uh, as we sit here today on Thursday. Uh, he's going to pay a fine, uh, has to go take a driving class, um, some community service, I think. But uh, he doesn't, he's not going to jail. He's and,
1: essentially out of trouble legally.
0: Yes. And he's not going to jail and there aren't going to be further charges, according to his lawyer. Um, he was really bad at his pro day yesterday. I was down there in Georgia and it was obvious um, he was out of shape. He was nine pounds heavier than he was uh, two weeks ago. You ever gained nine pounds in two weeks, Jason? I'm sure I have. (laughs) What? Mardi Gras. What? What are they going to do with him? (laughs) Ryan Poles said today, "We will bring him in for a thirty visit," which is good to know. Not particularly surprising, but you know he had a chance to write him off publicly, and he didn't. Maybe that's strategic because, heck, the Bears can always trade down again if they want to, if somebody wants to come up and get Jalen Carter. Yeah. But it seems like the verdict is still out on him. Uh, how do you think they'll approach that?
1: Well, it becomes a very interesting uh, game to play, too, because you're sitting there, if you are if you want the Bears to get Jalen Carter, right. you're sitting there saying, I hope he slides. I hope all these other teams are too scared to take him. Right. Well, if all these other teams are too scared to take him, maybe you should be too. Like, I mean, you don't necessarily know something that the other eight teams in front of you what, don't. What
0: was the last? I'll sound like Mark Potash here. Was the last time the Bears were the uh, were the team that knew what they were doing and yeah, the, the rest of the league? But they were the not. smartest ones right. in the room.
1: Right. Um, I, I I don't know, man. That there. I think while his legal situation and that incident that happened that he is connected with is very very serious.
0: The, the incident. Seem- and just to be clear, the incident. Racing, reckless driving, uh, the car that that was also racing at the time crashed and killed two people, uh, all of them affiliated with Georgia and with the football team and people who he knew. Yeah. Con- continue.
1: Extremely serious situation. Um, that being said, teams work through situations like that to draft players that they want, that they right. think are going to be really good. Him struggling at his pro day will probably objectively hurt his Draft stock more, because that's a harder thing to work through uh, when you're talking about how he's going to actually play it was, it and was, perform on a daily basis. It was really
0: bad, Jason. It was He just seemed out of shape. Um, and, and I don't think this means he's a bad athlete. I think this means that he did not prepare. And you wonder what that says about projecting out a guy's career. You know, the Bears have this hit system. Maybe, it, maybe Matt Iberflus believes in it so much that he says, I can change this man's game and change his life, you know, with the hit system alone. And maybe he can, but right now the knock on him is he didn't get ready for his pro day and he didn't do a damn thing at the combine on the field. What more are you going to learn about this guy physically? I mean, what opportunities do you have? And what does this say about him? Kirby Smart yesterday, the Georgia coach, said, I've been coaching a long time and there are very few people who are more talented than him. Kirby smart coached a defensive tackle who went number one in the draft last year um, that talent has got to be tempting if you're a team
1: yeah I mean we thought he would be the perfect fit for the Bears based on how he's played
0: and you know what the Bears haven't done in the last week drafted a defense or er, uh, signed a defensive tackle as a free agent right and, and I think they've learned that those guys get pricey too you know Hargrave I you know they like they like Javon Hargrave a lot, um, but I, I don't think his age really lined up with their timeline. Uh, you know maybe they do view that as a premium position uh, in because of the way it fits the Iberflusis system.
1: Well, they showed you that a year ago, and, right. and it was one of the most telling moves they've made, even though it ended up not actually right. happening. Right. But Pat, in the middle of a teardown, right. in the middle of a slash and burn, they came out strong with three years, forty million for Larry Ogunjobi, because that is the premium position in his defense.
0: Yeah, and then he failed the physical. And then they had to bring in Justin Jones as the backup plan. It was much cheaper, much cheap. cheaper. And as it turns out, maybe, you know, maybe had they known at this time last year that they were going to win three whole games, you know, maybe they wouldn't have tried Larry Ogunjobi, because it does feel like there was a... I think they thought they'd be a little more middling than they wound up yeah. being. Uh, so maybe it was a blessing in disguise. But, yeah, I mean... If you sit there and if you hear Kirby Smart say not a lot of people walk in the earth that I've coached who are better than this guy, you know, do you swallow hard? That's going to be so tough. And, and I think it's about more than just you'd like to think it's about more than what happens on the field. I think if
1: there is reason enough to feel confident in Jalen Carter going forward as a person and a player, that some, someone else is going to feel that same way and take him before he gets the number nine. So I think the Bears will need to be looking at other options. And all,
0: and all it takes is one. I mean, the, you know, that's the other thing, too, is you, know, you don't need a consensus of teams to all decide that he's fine. You need one team that goes, I'm good with this. Uh, and, and that's, again, where you know, when the Bears talk about having seven guys in their top tier, you know, is I don't, I don't know if Carter's one of them right now just because they say they haven't made a decision on him yet in terms of what they think.
1: And they're a team that needs a lot, so they are not. They they need a defensive tackle, sure, but they need a lot else. They can solve some other major needs with that pick if they don't go
0: for defensive and, tackle. And, and maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but it didn't sound to me like Polls had a, uh, you know, had some master stroke that he was uh, ready to unveil on everybody tomorrow, right? I mean, wasn't he talking as though you know this is kind of what we've done in free agency? They're going to add, you know, some borderline starters. I think the rest of the way, but I don't think there's some sort of bombshell. You mean
1: he was kind of signaling like, all right, this we're done. Like this is our big spending. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think so too.
0: As a Bears fan, would that excite you or not?
1: I think what you like as a Bears fan in this situation is that they have improved. They have gotten better between DJ Moore and the free agents that they did sign Edmonds, Edwards, Davis, and the extra draft picks, mm-hmm. that's all good. That should take you forward some
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you still have the opportunity to load up again next year. You're in you're in perfect position next year. And again you go back this is going back now Pat to asking people to be patient. Right. Which Ryan Poles has only been asking that for a year. Right. But the organization's been asking that
0: forever. Well and we've talked about this before too is that if you spent all of last season fetishizing all the money you're going to have in free agency and all the draft capital you're going to have. It's really hard for this to live up to your expectations.
1: It's, that's true, yeah. I think it would have taken, like, Orlando Brown or something right. like that. that. That would have really excited yeah. people. But Ryan Poles would tell you that, at really, at any price, that didn't make sense for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that makes sense. Jason, uh, like we said, they're probably going to uh, add a couple of nominal starters here uh, in the next week or so. I'm sure we will check in. Uh, and talk about all that when they do. If not, we've got the owners meetings coming up in 10 days and uh, we'll podcast from a much warmer place. Until then, he is Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Uh, feel free to check us out on Twitter. Uh, go to the SunTimes website. Pick up a paper if you live in town. Uh, we will be back again real soon. Thanks so much for listening.